Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Uh, we are on the July 29th, 2017 edition here. So joining me today, first up, we've got Kyle Campbell coming back Hello. here. Yep, that's me. I'm back. Welcome back. We really appreciate you being on here. And returning from last week, we've got James Galizio. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. Awesome. So yeah, uh, it's kind of a rotating chairs podcast. Uh, Adam uh, Vitali, he won't be here this weekend. He has other matters he has to attend to. He does. He will probably be back next time. Uh, so hopefully everyone can look forward to him being back here. But in the meantime, uh, once again, I do appreciate you both being for with us on this podcast. So we've got a few things to talk about today. Uh, there were some news that broke between the last podcast and now. Some very important news, to say the least. But before we get into that, we always like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So, James, you did not post anything about what games you've been playing on the document. So instead, what have you been playing? I did actually edit the document. Just I've been playing mostly the same games, except for one uh, difference that I can't really talk about because of Embargo. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I do see it. It's because they're like very similar to last week's games. Actually, in fact, uh, it looks like there's yeah only one difference here. Uh, but you're continuing on with your Splatoon 2 and Al- no, Kaseki, uh playthroughs? Yeah, I mean, I played those at the beginning of the week. Then mm-hmm. I kind of shifted over once we got review code over at Tech Raptor for uh, the embargoed game. So I've been playing that ever since. So can't really put that in the list. You can't even say what the game is? Even if you don't, well, can't share your thoughts? I'll just say, it's Trails of Cold Steel PC. I mean, yeah. that game's already out on console, and it said that the embargo is only for reviews, but so I don't even know. Like, I played it on Vita, so I'm pretty sure I can talk about the game itself, but <laughs> it's weird because I'm also under embargo for the PC release. I mean, I mean, obviously, all we can really say right now is that it's the original release, but with slightly better visuals because it's a PC version, and it's got 50% more voice acting. We already knew all that stuff. Uh, and that's for the English version only. Isn't there like, um, am I misremembering that it's the Japanese version doesn't have any of that extra voice acting? Like you can't even get to that in the Japanese version. Is that what the news is going around this week? Do you know? Uh, right now, the uh, extra voice acting is um, PC only. Um, there is no full Japanese version on PC. Like even now, it, this isn't even under embargo. This is like, this you can out. find this on the Steam page. Yeah, um, There is Japanese text on the PC release of Cold Steel, but there's no Japanese voice track. Yeah, that's that's what it was. That's strange. I wonder why. I, I imagine people maybe find a way to hack it in anyway, but that's still kind of a bizarre thing to deal with, considering even if you didn't get the extra voice acting, they just straight up didn't include those files whatsoever. But I guess they wanted to keep the file size, though, considering audio files are so, you know, they take up so much space, so yeah. maybe that had something to do with it, or maybe they didn't. Well, get I don't know. Rights. I mean, I and know. even if I did know, it's not like I could say. Anything. Oh, I'm speaking only generally, of course. I don't know if uh, none of us have the answer to that question for sure, unless we were, you know, uh, aware with the developers. But in any case, yeah, that game's going to be out in a few days. So, Kyle, you actually were kind of interested in playing that game yourself because you haven't tried it before, right? Yeah, I I actually own the Vita version, but mm-hmm. once I heard that this PC version was coming out, I'm like, well, I'm just going to play that then. Yeah, <laughs> you're not and that I, interested there on the Vita. I haven't played anyway. I haven't played Cold or uh, Trails in the Sky at all, um, so I'm just going to jump in on this one. I know that people say like, oh, you need to play Trails to understand the or Trails in the Sky to understand the Crossbell arc or whatever. I'm like, well, I'll get to it eventually because that last game is not going to get localized for years. So, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, no. for me, it's that I don't think you have to worry about that. Even if, even someone like myself who played uh, and reviewed the first Trails in the Sky game, I also got to review Trails of Cold Steel when it came out before, as you said, on, on the Vita. I played actually the Vita version. I barely touched the PS3 version, so all I had was like a handheld experience with that one. But, um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a game that they try their best, Falcom does, and of course with Xseed's help, uh, to make it so you don't have to really know about the stuff that came before it, because they do mm-hmm. a really good job in uh, funneling that information into the story itself. 
um, both with the characters that you talk to and the books that you read and things like that. So you can still mm-hmm. have a really good time with that game despite not knowing that. Obviously, like with anything, um, it won't be as impactful or won't be as meaningful unless you knew about the stuff that came before it. But mm-hmm. that's a big ask for someone to play a bunch of games before playing a game that you were looking forward to. It's like, or before that, spend about two or three months playing these other yeah. ones that you try to use up all your free time that you may or may not have at all anyway. Uh, outside of like a few hours a day or something like that so yeah i think we even talked about it last week and Mm -hmm. i can heard that cold steel and and to a lesser degree cold steel 2 you can play those without having played any of the other games in the series absolutely i'm just worried about the uh, one coming out in japan now send no kiski 3 or trails of cold steel 3 because that one is definitely leaning very heavily on two games that have not been localized and those two games well, they lean very, very heavily on story beats that come from the first trilogy. Absolutely, Jeez. and it's it's the case where like, yeah, you can you can still have a a really good time with that game. And then if you're interested in so much, you could go back and play those other games and get to know mm-hmm. the story that came before it. It's like when, of course, the developer releases a prequel. Sure, it may not blend in as well because you still have to deal with that gap zero no kaseki and Al no kaseki uh that came in between mm-hmm. the trails in the sky games and trails called steel games the two that we never got uh as of yet but uh so yeah either, either way you're gonna still be screwed unless you know japanese so i, I think that yeah. that's kind of like a weird argument yeah unless you know japanese or you're willing to go with the um less than uh awesome uh, fan translations that are currently out yeah obviously we'll have to mm-hmm. rely on the community for that stuff I was actually kind of thinking, speaking of translations, uh, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but, uh, well, before I do that, actually, let me, let me, I'll wait till we get to the point of that. Is there anything else you've been playing, though, James? Uh, I've been, yeah, playing Splatoon 2, and I've also been playing Paragon with a few friends of mine. How's that been going? I know they've been updating that game pretty consistently so far. They had, like, a big recent update, didn't they? Um, that big recent update is actually coming out next week. Oh, so. okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a new That's character the... or something like that, right? Um, every three weeks or so, they add in a new character, but um, the big update that's coming up is the version 42 update or something like that, and it's going to be heavily rebalancing the card system, which is basically the backbone of character progression in matches, and they're also going to be uh, changing up how fast people attack, and they're just trying to make the game a lot faster and uh, more actiony, I guess. It's cool. That's I mean, the Ep- Epic MOBA, right? Yeah. Epic's MOBA, yeah. Epic's d- developer, not saying it's an Epic MOBA. <laughs> Honestly, like that's one of those games that I'd be more interested in playing than just your typical Dota, just because it's way more action-focused, even if, uh, and, you know, third-person action as opposed to isometric or whatever like Dota mm-hmm. is. So that's the, the kind of game that I'd be more interested in. We'll yeah, it's weird, because um, when I first started playing it, I was just, playing it because all my friends were like from high school like they were like hey we should play this and play it together because it's co-op and it's like oh okay wasn't really too big of a fan of it but then uh i guess as time has passed i've actually been enjoying it more and more i still haven't played it on my own i always play it with that group but interesting Hmm. well sweet i mean i was gonna say about the translation stuff is that uh i keep trying to wait i was gonna uh, this is like a totally different thing but uh Sakura Wars uh, or Sakura Taisen, um, they refuse to give us constant updates about this translation they've been doing with the first game. People don't know Sakura Wars. It's a very, very, very popular uh, strategy RPG series in Japan where it's got like, you know, the games, but also uh, anime and movies and all this other stuff that's come out over there. I mean, anyone should be probably familiar with that series anyway, but. Uh, some group has been was working on a translation for the first game for PC, but last we heard in February it was like at forty percent, and then we posted the birthday for Sacred Wars uh, GB, which is the Game Boy Color game. And I noticed on GameFAQs if you go there, there's actually full English translations uh, for the scripts and all those games, like almost every single one of those games. So I was kind of balanced between uh, playing through these games while staring at a translation guide and going back and forth. I don't know if any of the any of the guys have played a game like that. Um, like an import no. game, but oh. <laughs> that can be, yeah, it's, I would probably get a headache dealing with that. People have been motivating me to do it, but I'm like, oh man, it just sounds like a lot of work. Cause I've done that before, uh, with a few different games. Cause back when I actually modded my PlayStation two, cause with the slim PS2, all you need to do the one with like the, the, the flip top 
Uh, all you have mm-hmm. to do is like a piece of Kleenex and a piece of duct tape, and you can mod your PS2 and play import games. And what? So, yeah, right? It's like those, those slim ones, because all you have to do is put a little piece of um, Kleenex in the little uh, spot where the... Uh, the tr- the tray the flip top tray um, closes mm-hmm. and then on on a laser instead of the PS2 you just put a little tiny piece of duct tape and it's modded and it works with everything so you wow. can just straight up do it yeah it's it's super dead simple and so in uh, how does that even work for out of region games I don't understand because it, it's when you're blocking the laser it's actually preventing it from reading uh, the discs like identifying the region and all that stuff and so it, it completely bypasses it the pizza clinics is just so that you can close it but not all the way so it still spins because if you shut all the way it just tries to read the disc so by doing these two things it actually works with like swap magic for example which is a popular uh, uh disc that you just as it sounds like you put the disc in, it loads up a program, and then you swap it out for the import copy of whatever game you want to play. And so it, it can read anything pretty much, like any other game. So I've been playing, like, back when in high school, I was playing, like, Naruto Hero, which is that Naruto fighting game uh, that's like Smash Brothers, and also Persona 3. I, I had an import copy of that, and so that's how I was able to play it on my American PS2. Um and so that was because yeah back then you know there was still region locking and whatnot so you couldn't have to necessarily deal with that so that was kind of stuff i tried to do in high school was try to read a persona 3 guide but I only got like an hour in i'm like i'm already tired of dealing with this <laughs> so i don't want to put up with this anymore <laughs> it's it's like it gives you a real headache just staring at a screen and not really getting to uh enjoy the full thing but like you were talking mm-hmm. about james is that it's either that or putting up with that poorly done or uh uh, average made fan transition so it's like this weird balance that you do but Exceed, for example does typically sometimes anyway hire these fan transition groups to do their stuff like they'll pay to help them make that stuff and use their uh obviously already done guide i know sakai project has done that themselves so that's the kind of thing that um yeah, and I don't mean to say that um, fan translations are always horrible. I'm no. just saying the Zero No Kiseki fan translation right now is not so great, at mm-hmm. least the public one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's at this point, that seems to be our only avenue because otherwise it feels like unless they decide to pay into those uh, people that are currently working on the fan, tra- fan, tra- fan translations like we talked about last week, it seems like we're a ways off still to, before we see Zero and Al Nukaseki because there doesn't seem to be any sort of indication that they're in development right now because like, with, at least with like second chapter and, and uh, the third and all that stuff, it's that they were announced and then we had to wait months to see anything about it. But these are two really big games and so it doesn't seem like that's that's going to be happening um mm-hmm. but at least for kyle like you you can totally just enjoy trails of cold steel and then look forward to getting some context later on i suppose yeah i read that it's a new jumping on point and yeah that like it's yeah. potentially decided you know because like there is like there, at least for in my opinion and i'm like I, I do appreciate that it has a rich history and all this world building but i do think sure. that there's something to be said for like 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 I, I i saw gameplay and everything i'm like wow that looks like something i really want to play and then i'm like and some people were, were one person i was like you have to play the, the the three uh in the sky games and like i'm like how long is each one they're like <laughs> uh like 50 hours i'm like oh well only just dump 150 hours that's all no uh, thanks i mean even i would not be inclined to do that myself so it's not even it's not even that the the quality or anything it's just the amount of time like it's hard for me to it's always hard for me to start a long thing, whether it's a TV show or a game or anything. Yeah. Like when it's like when it's going to take a, a significant amount of time, it's hard to, especially when you're an adult, it's hard to find the points in the day when you can invest time. It's super yeah. intimidating. So, yeah, I think for a good example of that would be like right after I finished my Trails in the Sky, the third review for TechRafter, I started up Zero No Kiseki, and that took me from like the beginning of May to like the first week of June just to beat that game. So RPGs can take a long time. It, it, it took me yeah. about five and a half weeks to beat Persona 5, and that was like the only thing I had played from release until uh, like the first week of May or something like that. I mean, just by saying that, there's been so many games that have come out this year, and there's so many games that have been announced for next year. So it's like trying to balance a game, like a, your backlog, while still trying to deal with that stuff. Because us as like, you know, working on this site, we kind of want to at least be up to... Uh, uh, up to up to pace with the games that are coming out so that when we get to stuff like game of the year or whatever we can talk about it or you know mm-hmm. uh be with our you know 
all seeing a bunch of people talk about a certain game and like you know we want to be able to have those social experiences with them and so we want to play the same games and and see what they're doing and be able to talk about it but when we're busy uh playing old games it's kind of hard to like be so motivated to do that but i totally understand like the the intimidation factor of that but for example kyle it's like so you of course reviewed yakuza zero for the site Mm -hmm. um and then we've got yakuza 6 coming out early next year and so Mm -hmm. unless they for example we'll talk about this more later but if they announce for example like they decide to do we got yakuza kiwami out the end of august too but Mm -hmm. do you think they'll perhaps if they announce like a a two, three, four, five, like remasters or something like that for PS4. Do you think, I, like, at some point you're gonna like sit down and play through that entire series to catch up before you play six, or is that like way too much right now? That that's way too much. No uh, long games. I've actually, I've, <laughs> I've actually heard people say that six is meant to be a jumping on point. It from, is. It is from zero and whatnot. So, um, like, especially two, because like two hasn't been remade or anything. So you just go back and play like a PS2 game. Play the Wii version, uh, the Wii U, whatever it is. Or, yeah, <laughs> Wii U or PS3 version in Japanese, something yeah, like that. Well, which, I will. Which, sorry, go ahead. I've heard. I've heard that you know, like, I've heard that Yakuza is like more self-contained stories. Like, there's again it's a you'll appreciate stuff but probably mm-hmm. even more so than that's what i've heard anyways um because like when even i could kind of tell that when i played zero because i could tell like all everything kind of wraps itself up in this game and you can tell it's going to go on to something else um that totally but, makes yeah. sense i mean obviously the only games that you have to really be concerned about for yourself is like yakuza zero and yakuza kiwami because clearly they've been redone with the story elements to have them smoothly mm-hmm. go in with the uh the timeline that the game tries to depict between the entire series so it's like a yeah. much smoother uh, experience with that six of course being an onboard experience it's working off of five which you know that's fine i can be changed anytime soon and that didn't even come out that mm-hmm. long ago so i mean i would still personally even if you decide to skip like three and four i still think yakuza 5 is still an incredible game the problem is of course mm-hmm. that it's back on the ps3, PS3. so yeah, and it's digital only and i it's reviewed like that game and yeah it's... yeah it, i don't mind playing ps3 so much uh mm-hmm. just because I, I mine still works but like i was thinking like you know because like a lot of people obviously like i still like physical versions of games for like my console especially sure. but like not yeah. not really for they basically don't exist on pc anymore no. but um uh but but my thing is like like trying to like i was thinking the other day about my ps2 collection i'm like i don't even have a plug-in like was an rgb plug-in for my tv anymore oh wow <laughs> like wow. like like my tv i don't have like the, the red yellow blue is that that's RGB, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's like red, yeah, it's red, yellow, white. Uh, but of course, yeah, red, yellow, white. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. adapters, of course, that typically you just plug into like it's like a USB 3.0 uh, kind of yeah. design of it, but it's like a thin plug to or like a VGA like a to a, yeah. yeah, like a VGA to a DVI or something like that. But like I was just kind of like thinking about how like quickly like t- like like technology is changing and how like even if i own a physical ps2 to play ps2 games like the best like i'm probably if i'm ever going to play a ps2 game again which i'm sure i will but i mean i'm like i'll either wait for a remaster or i'll just play an emulator yeah Uh, i'll go through like a capture device that will allow you play it on the pc anyway because you just hook it up directly to that even if you don't see it on the tv you'll just play it through like your computer or something like that that's when you have the input lag yeah, but Yakuza yeah, doesn't really, even if it's like a little bit of an input lag, but there's actually devices out now that have zero or near zero input lag on when you use their uh, software that they've got. Like I had that mm-hmm. on one of my devices, so it just depends on what you use. But the way I usually get around that kind of stuff about missing out on certain games that I typically watch like a long play of the game instead so that I can skip mm-hmm. through like the gameplay that I don't care for and just watch the cutscenes for the most part. But I'll have like bef- a little bit before and a little bit after just to get some context. So that mm-hmm. like I might do that for like example like um some tra- maybe the first Child in the Sky because I've already beaten it and I'm not too inclined to go back and beat it all over again but be able to witness the story itself. Because that's totally something that you could probably consider doing just to get quickly through Yakuza before you play six, but that's just yeah, that's totally up to you I, in that case. I did that for uh, Rule of Rose recently. Oh, I, that's such a good game, but it's so freaking I, expensive. I wanted to see it, and then I saw it's like yeah, three to five hundred dollars on eBay. So it's, I'm just like, yeah, I'm never mo- gonna buy that. It's the most rare PS2 game, actually. That's that's why. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw it. It's super rare. Um, and yet, because they get a data, <laughs> it gets banned in Europe and everything. Oh, yeah. Because um, yeah, uh, crazy. the commercials for that game were something else. Very. Yeah, it, it, it got banned for content that's like not even in the game, which is oh, crazy. But you should um, watch the Atlas E3 trailer for that game sometime. Because, yeah, it's like a lot of uh, very disturbing stuff in there. Oh, Just yeah. it's a, The game in general is pretty uncomfortable. But I, a, I think the, it's an orphanage, right? And the kids, of course, yeah. being killed and stuff so well the kids don't get killed not really. killed but it's, it's... But, like it's really uncomfortable and yeah. I-, I watched a let's play though just because i'm like yeah i'm not gonna buy this <laughs> for, <laughs> no for like fucking three hundred dollars um anyways so yeah uh, um obviously got that to look forward to but besides that kyle let's just focus on the games you've been playing though so i gotta kind of I appreciate you you doing this, but I pulled you away from a game of some Stormblood that you were doing. Uh, you were in a dungeon, apparently. Uh, yep. So that game's been out, of course, for uh, almost two months now. So how's that been for you? It clearly seems like something that you, uh, you've you been really into, and it seems like it's, that hasn't been let up so far. It's actually been out exact. It's been about five weeks now. Oh. Um, cause it came, mm-hmm. I think it came out, the early access was the last day of E3, which was the oh. Friday of E3. So I think that was June seventeenth or something. Anyways, it doesn't oh, matter. Uh, Stormblood's Stormblood's been pretty amazing. They uh, the fourteen team has uh, consistently made each each version. So like Realm Reborn is two point and then Heaven's Sword is three and then this is four and four point is uh, better than like they've con- consistently upped the ante on and to the point where like when this conclude when this concluded it was so like such a fantastic arc because basically like the story of Stormblood without any spoiling or anything is that uh, the Garlean Empire is occupying this place called Alamigo and you hear about Alamigo all the way back in Realm Reborn and you so like there's people that have been hearing about this place actually you hear about it all the way back in 1.0 so like the version of 14 you can't even play anymore and like so like in this version of the game is a story about liberating Alamigo from the Empire. It was incredibly uh incredibly satisfying. A really, really good story. All the the they fixed the PvP, so the PvP is actually really fun now and they redid a lot of the combat system so it's a lot more punchy and makes more sense. They they've been slowly a couple classes got kinda because like whenever you balance in an MMO, uh a couple classes kinda got like lower tier than they used to be. Like they had to fix Scholar recently because Scholar was really bad when Stormblood came out, but they've got a bunch of good buffs, and uh, luckily I got uh, my my tank, which wasn't very good before. Paladin got a buff, and now they're the best tanks, and um, which was nice because we were by far the worst tanks before. And uh, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. They I'm super impressed with the the 14 teams just continued uh, like continuingly upping the ante and like this isn't like one of those things where most people agree that stormblood is even better than heaven's ward and i wasn't sure if they were going to be able to top that but they definitely did it seems like that's the popular opinion yeah yeah the story is super super good they um uh it's it's amazing how well they they plan these things out i think the people the two writers that write all of 14 and have always written 14 was uh it's the chrono cross people um yeah like this they they basically took the chrono team has been worked on 11 and they pulled them over to 14 so that's been kind of like that's what they've been doing all these years pretty much yes they actually had an event in it back in 2015 where i think it was the last content update or one of the last things for final fantasy 11 so they had like a cross promotion event Mm -hmm. where like you could like see it was like a character from 11 i don't know who it was because i didn't play 11 i can't remember what her name was she like somehow came into the world of 14 and like it was like they did it with with lightning returns too where lightning was at an event in 14 um i didn't play back then but (laughs) um but yeah it made me nostalgic for a game i never played i always kind of wished at this point i had played 11 because it looks like it was a pretty interesting game um it was it was definitely it was an incredible experience i mean the the good news is that like i was talking about before is that they've got videos of you if you ever want to watch like the cutscenes for that stuff but yeah mm-hmm. it's but yeah game. it's the yeah the, it's the writers that wrote i don't know if they wrote chrono trigger but i knew they wrote chrono cross and mm-hmm. then they went on to 11 and now they're on 14 um i can't remember the two i feel bad for not remembering but it's two key writers anyways and then they have a, the incredible localization staff um 
but uh, yeah, that's that's been. I don't want to spoil it or anything or anything, but it's been really <laughs> good. They just they just released the the Omega Raid, which has been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it's been great. The uh, besides that, the only other thing I've been playing is PUBG, the curtain gaming phenomenon in gaming, yes. um, which is which is a very which is funny because I was just saying about how um, I find with multiplayer games, especially, I'm sure everyone, I'm sure you both agree, there it's a lot easier to burn hours in a multiplayer game than a single player game. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, that's like Overwatch yeah. for me. So yeah. Yeah, same thing. Where like I've almost been, like I said, like well, I don't want to play Trails in the Sky uh, right now, and then and then I'm like, well, I also just played 60 hours of PUBG in the past uh, two months, but uh, it's really easy to like. Anyways, what I like about PUBG and multiplayer games in general is you can kind of like get in and get out quickly. But uh, this that's, game, that's that's, that's I can players unknown player unknowns battleground just for people who are kind of oh yeah about. sorry yeah uh, player unknowns battlegrounds everyone calls that plays it calls it PUBG oh, of course yeah <laughs> just constantly. so people know yeah context yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly but it's a that's a pretty interesting game and I it's definitely one of my favorite things that I've played this year just because it's so. It's a very serene game, and then it's super tense. And uh, for people that don't know, there's you get dropped into a map on a plane. You're on a plane, you drop into a map, and it's basically it's a battle royale game. So if you've ever seen like movies like Battle Royale, obviously, or The Running Man, or what is that thing that's really popular for like tweens that came out like the past like, Hunger Games. Five- Hunger Games. There you go. <laughs> um, I did, I, I I mean, I'm sure a lot called. of adults watch that show. That movie too. Yeah, serious. But yeah. Uh, I think I think it's a young. I think it's a young like fiction book. Anyways, um, yeah. but but they basically like a circle comes and it funnels you all to different parts of the map and there's a hundred people and you have to like scavenge for weapons and everything and it's it's really really fun. It's really addictive. Um, getting. When you win, it says winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like it actually says that. Like I forgot we used to say that when, or we used to say that when we were kids here. <laughs> of course. And I forgot that that was a thing. And like it actually says that when you win. Because like I remember people kept saying like, oh, I got chicken dinner in PUBG. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's like I thought it was slang, but I'm like, no, it actually says that when you win. And um, it's a really addictive game, and um, it's really I don't know. It's it's my, definitely it's one of those games that kind of creates moments uh, in the sense that it's. It's very kind of loose, but it creates the. It's just there's just enough structure to it that you can. It, those moments in a video game, especially a multiplayer one, where you'll probably never forget them. Um, and I remember there, there was one time when I was playing, and I was actually just playing solo, and I we got to the it was like the fourth or fifth final circle, and I was by myself, and the plane goes by sometimes and does like a supply drop, and just so happened to drop in the middle of a stream right in front of me and there were so many people there's only like in the final circle everyone's kind of like wary even to shoot each other because if you shoot one person you give away your position and someone might shoot you that etc like you give away your position but like i managed to find a, a crate and i got a ghillie suit and if you don't know what a ghillie suit is it's some it's like a one of those suits that like snipers wear that have that's all grass and um yeah. i managed to get that and put it on and I crawled up in this grassy field when there was only like there was only like ten people left, and once in a while you hear someone go down, or I would see someone and like manage to get them. And I think <laughs> I got I got seven people, and I managed to get chicken dinner that time. And like this happened a few weeks ago, and I'll never forget it just because it was so so tense. Like my heart was racing because so I'm like, oh my god, I've never done this by myself before. Um, That's the best I, part I, is that with underground. Sorry to, to cut you off. Just the fact that it's very fun to play, but also very fun to watch, and you don't get too many of those games. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, there's a lot of RNG in it. Like a lot of people talk about like PUBG esports, and I still don't even understand how that's gonna work. Because like, in in my opinion, like the best like esport games are ones that are like there's as little math, quote unquote, as possible. Whereas like PUBG, it's like yeah, you might walk into like five houses and never find a weapon, and that's part of like the fun of it. Um, <laughs> and buy a bunch it, of stuff and then die immediately after getting so yeah. many things. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the fun of it to me. But um, yeah, it's not an RPG, obviously. But I, I would recommend anyone trying it because it's it's very unique. It's very very unique, and it's it's a it's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. But that's it, really. So I have a quick question then. Um, mm-hmm. If you could take one type of like style of game or whatever and apply 
these mechanics to it what would you what would you like to see like what game series or franchise would you like to see like a version of this apply to i almost think like a like a mech warrior type game see that's that's one thing that i was thinking that would be awesome and then also someone actually said this on twitter where it's like i would like to see an ace combat so a hundred planes <laughs> fighting against each other like a dog fight and then like one would get like it, over and over they get like shot down until there's one left they would have to do what about uh what about like a how what do you call it like a brawler so like a like a, fighting a dissidia, game, a, 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 Dynasty a, Dissidia, a Dissidia type like fighting game. So oh <laughs> there's my just God. hundreds of people running around doing aerial combos. The fight, the, the frame would be so bad for because apparently how janky you know underground can be. A play, um, with player knowns battleground can be like how the frame rate uh, can dip at times, and like okay. you can have like some lag issues. Like that would be insanely low <laughs> at times. It would be a lot of yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still uh, it's still in early access, but they support it really well. Like they've mm-hmm. updated it so much, and they do content updates regularly, and it's all free if you've already bought it. And, and I don't know. Like I said, I think it's worth checking out, even if you have a passing interest. That's awesome. That's that's the one game like I would I would like to get into. Maybe when it comes to consoles or something like that. I don't know. Well, for, then you'd have to get an Xbox, though, because isn't it Xbox exclusive for well, console release or something? I think it's I think it's only exclusive to Xbox in the sense that Microsoft has an early access program, whereas Sony doesn't. Well, uh, fortunately, I own an Xbox One, so I'm good. <laughs> so well, there, you I, go. I'm, there you go. I'm, yeah, I mean, if you get it, I'll probably end up getting it, and we can, like, team up or some shit. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, so It'll that's... For me, it's been um, just a couple games... Uh, so this past week, Neo released their Defiant Honor DLC. Uh, the last one that came out was the beginning of May. So it's like this weird long gap between the two. And they got three total to, set to be released. Uh, I haven't gotten too far into it. I beat one of the story missions. Uh, I was So I was in the first story mission. And there's like I said, there's only two of them. Uh, and I was having a pretty tough time. And I'm like level 240 in that game. So I was like, why am I having uh, trouble killing these enemies? I realized later I was on New Game Plus Plus mode, and I didn't even realize it. I was having a like I got to the boss of the first mission, and he was just wrecking me. And as I got like a quarter of his health down, like I was taking a little too easy because I didn't know why it was it was the case. Uh, and then I turned down the difficulty, and I just completely wrecked everybody in that entire map. Like, okay, this makes this is a little bit better. So, like one of the cool things about this DLC is that they introduced Tonfas, but they're not just Tonfas, which are like nightsticks or whatever you know, like the Billy Clubs. Um, they are those exploding tonfas. So like you would do this thing where you, like you like punch some guy in the stomach and then just like release like some gunpowder and he just goes flying. So it's it's been a lot of fun and it's really good for combos and things like that. Uh, it's hard to kind of move your character around when he's set up a combo because like it's got a little bit of animation priority. So like once you start attacking, it's kind of hard to like move around unless you just straight up like do a dodge or roll and get out of it. But as you when you can set that up, you can take down like a group of people and it's really fun to be able to do that. And um uh it's it's been kind of the experience for me though is that like it, they did the same thing as before where they added a new weapon but they didn't really do anything to the old weapons and this was something that I was kind of afraid of uh because you've got this new weapon with a bunch of skills and then all this other, other stuff like they've done nothing to them so they haven't adapted to like the new story content or anything like that so like it it feels like it's a bit of a waste in in a sense uh despite all that happening uh, but the characters are pretty cool. The uh, they've added a couple new enemies um, and continue to really love Neo. I think it's easily one of the best games of the year, if not on the PlayStation Four, it's in its lifespan. So I'm I'm really excited to get back to that. As I've been having so much fun. It's a shame that Neo kind of drifted away after it released. I mean, that's Feels like, like most uh, of those Persona games. Five and Nier Automata and Horizon Zero Dawn to a lesser extent. Kind of. Uh, you don't hear people talk about Neo anymore, even though it was the game people were talking about when it came out. There's still like a hardcore base for it, but no, it's definitely because it's it's one of those games where like, uh, it's to fit a specific crowd as opposed to like an open world game like Horizon or Zelda or anything like that, where people can come back to it. I actually think like Horizon's just in the same boat as Neo because once Zelda came out like a week later, no one really was that interested in Horizon, mm-hmm. even if it's uh, apparently a really 
a damn good game. I haven't played it myself, but I respect that. It's just that Zelda, of course, set like this whole new benchmark, and it was kind of hard to pay attention to it when it was like a week apart. Um, and of course, the excitement around the Switch and all that stuff didn't help it any either. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, regardless of that being the case, it's still a high quality game, and it's incredible the amount of work that they put into it. Uh, it's still got some issues uh, because of the content not being very substantial as opposed to even if they put a lot of work into this one apparently it's like the most they put into the game um compared to like the first dlc it still feels uh slightly flat and it clearly means that you know well this to be fair this is like my first real uh approach with dealing with like uh, owning a season pass to a game because this is actually the first season pass i've bought for a game in the uh since i've since that's been a thing and so i'm not used to the amount of content that you would expect from this but um as a whole i still think it's a damn good game far more accessible and far more fast-paced than the dark soul series has ever been at least for me um but as i was talking about last week and kyle i think you'll appreciate that is that after playing neo it seems like i i feel way more interested in going back and playing those souls games mm. and, and and bloodborne and stuff like that and who knows you know maybe by the time i'll get back to it they'll announce demon souls hd or so or, of the remake or whatever that they probably want to do um, i feel like i feel like demon souls is the least likely one to get a remake or, or get a, a remaster just because it's it's that game is in such rights hell but you have yeah, an Xbox, well, so you're you have an Xbox, so you I know Dark Souls is backwards compatible on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I already own the PC version of that game too, so I mean, maybe I'll give it a try. Uh, I mean, I already own two. I've already beaten two, so I got that out of the way at least. <laughs> uh, but clearly, you know, people have wild opinions about two. Uh, even if I did feel I did have really a really good time with two. Um, probably more than most i think so that's that but that's been kind of my experience with that if you but, if you started with that one then i can see that but if you play the other ones you'll probably see why oh no doubt I mean, the level design in dark souls one is praised for a reason oh i know i'm fully aware think, about the appreciation sorry kyle that one is that's still my favorite that's in my top 10 favorite games of all time even though like dark souls 3 is probably on paper the best out of all of those games just and mostly in the sense that like it has it's the fifth one or so and so like they can learn from the lessons of the games that came before it um there's a proper sorry a proper dark souls one remake could be really my favorite game of all time that's how good dark souls one was just the big problem with it was kind of how the level design fell off a cliff in the latter half of the game yeah bamco uh rushed uh, from software to put the game out about a year before it was done and they the second half of the games uh has a few areas that are not very good um where it's just like yeah it's just because they were like it was a game that should have had three years in development and they gave them two that's that's the kind of experience that uh, i mean that's the thing i've kind of heard about that game too but i mean at least for me it's that i don't know it, it might be difficult for me to get back to get into that series because neo and it's a it works on a totally different level a totally different like set of mechanics Obviously, mm-hmm. it's got the whole design of the combat where you've got high, low, and middle stance, and so you're able to mess around with those and be able to like speed up your offense. But it also is very loot driven, as opposed to the Soul series, which is very deliberate in where it puts its weapons and stuff like that, the items that it lays around the environment. So, like you go to the Saint, it'll always be there. With Neo, mm-hmm. it's completely random, and a lot of it is menu management and item management, and so. Which is something I actually kind of enjoyed being able to go through all these things and, and being excited about the next thing I picked up. It may have the same name, but could only have a totally different set of um, traits and, and characteristics without within that weapon. Uh, and that has me very excited to play it. And that's what kind of keeps me in, in um, engaged has, uh... with that experience has a diablo uh, aspect exactly it's got colored loot which is the big thing with that yeah Uh, i mean but like like i mentioned all all, another part of it is though is the atmosphere and the characters and things like that and clearly that's what the soul series has in spades and so that's why i i'll be interested in going back to that clearly i've only got like five months to play the other games of the year and that leads me to the next game that i only started which is near automata uh, I talked a little bit about that last week that I, I kind of got a little bit started. Um, actually, I don't think I even talked about this last week, to be honest. I think I started it this week, but I did. You did talk about it last week, I think. Yeah, I only played a little bit past the t- the part I talked about because I've been sort of, you know, 
dealing with uh, Neo uh, as opposed and, and among other things that I've been doing as well. Um, social media has been a big part of that and news posting. So it's been a lot of site work has been getting in the way of my free time. But uh, uh, for what it's worth, it still has me very excited to play a lot of it. And I feel like it's definitely one of those games that I need to, once I'm done with the Neo DLC, because I do want to get that. It's, my idea was that I'd get that out of the way and then, you know, put all my attention on near automata so i don't miss any of the important bits or forget about it because for me i'm kind of uh i get easily distracted and so uh mm-hmm. for a game like that it feels like i really need to sit down and play through all of it and not leave any gaps between because i've done that with like witcher that i loved witcher 3 that I, I absolutely loved but it was like a nine month gap between the game so i didn't get fully into it but thanks to like the cutscenes and stuff like that i was able to pick up where i left off and Mega Solid 5, which was also like months apart, but I got like a platinum in that. So I was really into that game too. So I'm hoping that Nier Automata can kind of fill that as well. And so I need to really sit down and play all of it and not deal with like, I just put anything else that I've got going on the side. Luckily, I don't have anything for review for a bit. So I'll be able to uh, do that as well. Other Question, than that, are you so, playing the PS4 or the PC version? PC. So well, I, good I, luck. Yeah, yeah, no, I've already luck. got the mods and stuff like that. I've been having a smooth experience so far. The only problem I've had yet is the gamepad support, but I plugged in my Xbox controller and it worked just as when I plugged it in, so that was just fine. So that's that's been... I've had... Other than that, it's been no real issues at all that I can think of. Uh, but Where? once again, I'm only a couple hours in, so... Yeah, yeah, I know someone that the, hearing... the, the final credits wouldn't stop crashing on them. Uh, so <laughs> I don't. Yeah, well, they... if I'm in the final credits, it's not a, it's not a big deal, I guess. But uh... Uh, oh, it, oh, yeah, it does. Okay, what, yeah, let's I won't stop, don't... stop here. No, yeah, but, yeah. that's a, that's a, uh, the unfortunate part is like it Square. Is no, Square knows it's not quite. It's not like a horrible port. It's not like Dark Souls on PC or something like that. It's like I'd argue just, that uh, Dark Souls on PC was a decent port. Because it was well optimized, like I could run that on my old laptop from like 2012 or something. So that's not that long ago. Well, they though. they could they could fix it though. And actually, I would say it was a really bad. It actually was notoriously bad. Yeah, yeah. Durante got famous because he actually fixed it. Yeah. Uh, and then they removed games from Windows Live. But like this is like the the worst part is like because like Square or uh, Square uh, Platinum is like they know how to make PC games because like they just put out Bayonetta and Vanquish and both those PC ports are extremely good uh, uh, that's Van- Sega not no yeah, I, know, I think Platinum, Platinum did the work Platinum, Platinum, Platinum yeah. did the work but like I know it's a different publisher but like my thing is, like, they know how to do it. So it's not like they can't patch it. They just won't do it. I don't um, know if it's, like, a budget thing or, like, they're not allocating the resources to help them, think, like, do that. I don't know. Or they're I too busy to do with other stuff. <laughs> I, well, they put out a DLC patch, so... Oh. Uh, yeah, for... I the, mean... The, 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 by the time I get to the credits, though, I assume something will be patched or some someone in the community will have find, found a solution for that. So I'm not too bothered by that. And it sounds like that's... I mean, I assume that's not, like everyone is experiencing that maybe someone with a particular setup is having those issues that is causing the crash so we'll see uh but i'm not honestly i'm gonna take my time with this game and so i don't expect to beat it anytime soon really even if i get to like the first ending i don't expect to get the first ending real soon because i'm like with near the original uh i did spend a lot of time trying to get all the weapons and leveling up the character and get a bunch of items and things like that so I'm fine with that. Uh, if I get to that point and it's crashing, I am assuming that someone will have come up with a solution by then. If not, I'll let my um, displeasure be known. <laughs> so we'll, we'll come across that. Uh, but, you know, and, and then after that, uh, besides the stuff I got to review, I did want to get to the Kingdom Hearts series. So that's been kind of the other thing that I, I want to focus on, but I won't get into that. Instead, let's get into the news. So, mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, what I was talking before about how there's still games to come out this year and there's stuff coming out next year. The big news this past week, uh, easily the biggest news, Dragon Quest XI has been announced for the West uh, sometime in 2018. Now, they did not announce what platforms that would be. Instead, in the video that Yuji Hori uh, had uh, talked, uh, it was just like a little face-to-face uh, thing, um, he only said that... like. Well, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't ever detailed that there was any platforms, only that we'll get more information this fall. Uh, they haven't said when exactly that'll happen, because, you know, TGS is its own thing. So there's no real thing. It's probably, maybe they'll have, like, a separate event, but we don't know. But they if did they're say, saying this fall, it might be a PSX. Well, that's, like, that's 
almost point of time. I don't know. That's that's kind of hard to say. Technically fault though. That's the thing. Yeah, but it's not only for this. It's only it's not only for Sony system. So that's kind of a weird time to be doing that. But we'll see. Um, that's that's the first week of December. The first week in December is in fact going to be PSX. So it could be, but. Uh, I assume they'll have their own thing, or just you know do the Square Enix thing of just dumping the news information out of nowhere, and we'll find out for ourselves. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Came the news came today uh, in J- in Japan's time, which is in fact the uh, same day. Today is when uh, Dragon Quest Eleven came out on, in Japan for the PlayStation Four and the 3DS. And I've seen some people post some pictures of that amazing collection that they released, which had the PS4 copy and the 3DS copy in the same bundle, which, you know, once again, it's how insane that they were able to pull that off. Were they able to get, like, a, a collection like that? That's, like, never happened in the history. You have to have approval from both Nintendo and Sony. The logistics for that has to be insane. Of course. And then it, it, it was a very cool-looking thing. I think uh, John Ricciardi uh, from 8.4 on his Twitter account, he actually posted some pictures of his of that setup and it's really cool it's probably one of the best made bundle like uh packaging things that i've ever seen of a video game because it's got like this whole book that you open up and then i guess it's got like two separate books you open up it's got pages of written stuff in the language of the dragon quest universe and then inside of it is like a little hole where the the box is in that you pull out and play your game and like it's just the, the entire thing is amazing uh very little chance, very slim chance that that'll see the light of day in the West, that particular bundle. But um, one can hope that we'll see all three editions, all three platforms uh, see the light of day over here. Because I would love to play the PlayStation 4 version. But the 3DS version is pretty amazing with the eight with the 8-bit uh, design on the bottom and the 3D style on the top. So that'd be great. And of course, the Switch version, uh, which we actually, have yet to see Actually, they changed it so it. that the uh, 2D version can actually be played on the top screen, too. I think Because I remember seeing some uh, 2D screenshots of the 3DS version that are widescreen, which uh, the... Uh, bottom screen of the 3ds isn't <laughs> so i thought you had a choice between playing the 3d version all the way through or the 2d and so that was kind of yeah before. you have a choice but you can also uh it affects the top screen now i think they I, changed I think that, that was known before though but yeah uh so that's that's the kind of the big news um that came out here this past week like i said and so the only other things that we've got out of that is that uh, uh from this recent famitsu magazine there was an interview uh in the both the Famitsu and the Dengeki PlayStation magazines, where apparently uh, Yuji Horii's development team uh, for Eleven had created a prototype version of Dragon Quest Three on Unreal Engine Four to help sort of visualize the PS4 version of Dragon Quest Eleven. So that is um, pretty awesome because our uh, Dragon Quest Three is by far the best entry in that entire series better than eight uh, or any of that stuff so that's and that's I mean, as far as the, the prevailing um opinion of that series i know you're gonna have your own subjective opinions about that but actually it's i mean a we lot have of the people really like five i think three is even better than five buddy <laughs> that's at least that's my opinion on it and actually there was a there was this cool thing that kite translated for the site which was Famitsu's, uh, the readers of Famitsu voted the top 20 games of all time, and Dragon Quest Three come in at num- number two, which is pretty awesome. I-, I think that's great. It just shows how much people really love that game, and it's actually one of the best-selling entries in that entire series, which, uh, you know, it's it's it just shot way up from one, then two, then three was like that cultural icon uh, of, the, of the industry at that time. It, like, it really helped that series really take off. For a game that's like 20 years old, uh, or 30 actually, uh, almost 30 years old, that's pretty damn cool. And so uh, there's this, there's a potential that we might see a remake get released for that game, uh, and I would think that would be pretty damn cool. Uh, the other piece of news that came out also was that uh, Yuji Horii tried to kind of explain why there's no voice acting in Dragon Quest XI. Now, obviously in the West, Dragon Quest VIII was localized, and they added language, uh, voice acting after the fact. So it wasn't originally released with voice acting. It was added into the the um, the PlayStation 2 release when it came to America. The 3DS version, I think, had voice acting in the Japanese release, but I I don't I'm not I'm not entirely sure if that was the case. I know they added like uh, the soundtrack, the orchestrated soundtrack was released uh, on the 3DS in Japan with that. But um, in America, I guess it didn't have the orchestrated soundtrack. It was just like a, a the typical MIDI, MIDI yeah. version, yeah, that's the thing. So yeah, no voice acting still, I guess. In the in the kind of funny things. because the original um, PS2 release of Dragon Quest VIII, it wasn't just the sound, it wasn't just the voice acting that was added for the West, 
but a full orchestrated soundtrack. The yeah, original, that's, that's what I mean, yeah. So it kind of flip-flopped, like the 3DS version we got the MIDI, but the original version is still probably the best version to play. Yeah, I don't get it. It still doesn't make any sense to me why in the West we didn't get the orchestrated soundtrack for the 3DS version. I don't know if it's the fact that, like, maybe with it's the English composer. voice acting, it's got too much, it fit too much space, it took up too much space, so they couldn't fit any, uh, the orchestrated soundtrack along with that onto a 3DS cart. But it was the composer because the same thing happened with Dragon Quest Seven for 3DS. I have the uh, Japanese version and it has an orchestrated soundtrack, but the, uh, North American and European 3DS release has a MIDI soundtrack. So. Oh, I know that, but the reasoning behind having it like that, that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, so uh, we've got those posts up on the site, so everyone who wants to check that out, either the, the Famitsu uh, Top 20, which Kai put a lot of work into, so uh, you know, hats off to him. That was a, That's a pretty substantial article that people really need to go check out because it's pretty incredible uh, stuff, uh, just for, it's kind of fascinating to read about. So, and then of course the news about the Dragon Quest Eleven development team on uh, the third release. So moving on to the next piece of news that I know Kyle is particularly excited about. <laughs> uh, there's been a couple domains that were registered uh, a while back, in fact, uh, months mm-hmm. ago for potential of a new Persona Dance and All Night game and a new Persona Q game. But recently, what happened is that they moved it from their old name servers that were normally used for to avoid people squatting on the domains, of course. They moved them to Atlas name service, which is only typically, actually only ever used for official Atlas games. And so there was that update this past week for both of those domains, which was persona-dancing.jp and pq2.jp, which would, uh, of course, there was a consumer survey that went out early this year as well from Atlas, that uh, consumer survey, I think it was only for Japan anyway, but it was to try to see what people's opinion were, uh, what, what their opinions were if they ever released a new Persona Dancing All Night game, a new Persona Q game, a new Persona Fighting game, and all this stuff, um, if people would be up for that. And clearly, you know, if they were going to announce it anytime soon, which just seems to be the case with these updates, um, mm-hmm. the development of those games, I would imagine, had already started already, or they'll announce it and then start developing, but we'll never know. Because a few years ago, uh, there was, of course, announcement during the Persona celebration, this festival that they have, uh, where they, that's where they announced Persona 4 Dancing All Night. So there's another mm-hmm. festival that's coming up here pretty soon, um, and a lot of the speculation is that they'll be announcing that there as well. So the event's called Persona Super Live P-Sound Bomb 2017, Witness the Harbor's Crimes, which is an incredible name for a concert. Um, and I, I think that's that's supposed to be happening on uh, yeah August 2nd, so just this upcoming uh, Tuesday. And uh, actually, I'm sorry, that's Wednesday, uh, but it'll be Tuesday in the West. But um, uh, there was this concern, though, that the Niku Niku stream was going to be region locked to Japan. But apparently, just like a, uh, maybe an hour ago, uh, it was announced that they will they removed that limitation. So now anybody in the world can actually watch that stream. But of course, you know, you'll probably be kicked out if you're not a VIP member on Niku Niku. Just, you know, they have their little mm-hmm. uh, only so many people can be watching this unless you're a paid member. But uh, there'll probably be like a restream somewhere that people can there'll watch. There'll be anyway. mirrors. Of course, I'm sure there'll be people with mirrors. So. so there always is. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know. It only says Persona Dance.jp. It doesn't say Persona 5 Dance on Night or anything like that. But that seems to be like the the prevailing thing. Because on the survey, there was actually was whether you want a Persona 5 or a Persona 3 dancing game. Uh, but, you know, considering how insanely popular and ex- successful Persona 5 was and across the world, that seems to be clearly the game that they would go to. Maybe yeah. they'll add like Persona 3 DLC or something like that. But I don't. it's kind of hard to say whether that'll be the case. Uh, what's their what's their excuse for a dancing game in five because like four it's like they had resay so there's like a loose thing but like what's what no one in five is like a, an idol or a dancer or anything i mean to, to be fair like you just mentioned resay she was like her and they had to invent a new like they had to create a new character at and least the rest they the cast, had her at yeah, least the rest, they had her. <laughs> it's true but like the rest of the cast so the cast kind of dances in the introduction to Persona 5 a little bit. They do like this, uh, but you can really just cr- kind of create like this. They uh, shouldn't. They, they shouldn't put a story mode in that because <sighs> I don't know. Also, the story mode is atrocious in Dancing All Night. Persona I will 5. say. I think the worst part about Persona 4 Dancing All Night is the fact that the story mode is technically canon. Of course it yeah. is, uh, and you know that's Hasuni Miku so is, is is also canon. So that's what you know. So Miku is, is canon. 
what's even worse is Ultimax's story mode. That's like almost I can't I I finished that and that was one of the worst things. Yeah, that's a great game, but the story mode is absolute garbage. Yeah, Persona 4 Nintendo Night story sure was more like uh, um, Ultimax's, but then in Dantiel Night they referenced it, so I guess they kind of decided to make it canon. At least with Persona 5 Dance on a Night Story, it was like, it was not, it was inoffensive. And so, but it just wasn't that interesting to begin with. Because mm-hmm. it was just like, it was like a very like, let's go to this room, liberate this person, go to this room, liberate this other person. So it wasn't interesting at all. Um, but the music was great. And the remixes were mm-hmm. fantastic. The good part about Persona 5 soundtrack is it just got about twice as many tracks as Persona 4 does. I looked this up. Mm-hmm. I think Persona 4 has got about 52 tracks. Persona 5 is like 110, if I'm not mistaken. It could be that I was looking at different editions, but I did some Google research and that's what it said. So it has more to pull from to make these remixes because Persona 4's problem, Persona 4 Dancing on Night, is that it only took about four or five songs and created like multiple remixes for those four or five yep. to fill it out, yep. So which was the pain. I mean, uh, let it be known, though, that those remixes were fantastic. Like Most of them were like really good, and I still love listening to them to this day. Uh, just they weren't that varied. Um didn't but Persona I'm, 4 Dancing All Night only have like 20 or so songs at launch? Yeah, and they had some yeah. DLC. Uh, but I got those as part of my review, so I don't know. Same here. They were like five or six, I think, that were extra tracks. Um, and then, of course, they had costumes and things like that, so that's clearly what they could do with this. This, But, um, yeah, so they've got that. And then, of course, they've also got PQ2, which would imply a Persona Q2. Now, of course, the problem with Persona Q before was that you had Persona 4 and Persona 3 together, and there was, like, this weird issue where, like, the gameplay on one was kind of weaker than the other, and then that's and the way the story went. With this, it would kind of imply that now they've gotten those out of the way, they can kind of hone in on a single story instead, instead of, like, trying to break apart two different styles. So, uh, who knows if that means that they'll do Persona 5 and then have a Q version of that with the Etrian Odyssey people once again. If... This is all, of course, assuming that this isn't actually a sequel to the game and this is going to be a game that exists. We're just going off of that theory just to begin with on these uh, on this evidence that we have. Um, Kyle, you played Persona Q, right? A little bit of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I never finished it. I got like 10 hours in and like Etrian Odyssey is really not my thing. Yeah, uh, you talked about that yeah. Dungeon Crawlers is not really your thing. But just to put aside the gameplay, though, for a second, is that would do you think Persona Q2 is something that could work after Persona Q? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Persona Q doesn't really have a story, in my opinion. It's just like fan service. It stuff, totally so. is. That's, yeah, that's exactly why it was made. <laughs> all, all you know, all you need for a story is like, oh, the Persona Five cast got stuck somewhere and makes silly jokes, and there you go. They should be fine. I mean, to be fair, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Persona Five Dance on the Net would be totally fan service, just like Four was. So that's not. Oh really, yeah. Oh yeah. This is oh, all. No, this course. is all to feed towards. So 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 is Ultimax. And there's totally going to be a Persona 5 arena, you know, that's... that's Well, they speaking of Persona and fighting games, like, they announced the Blaze Blue tag battle, which has... Cross-tag battle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which has all of the the Persona Ultimax and arena fighters in it, including the Shadows. Oh, I didn't Uh, know. I already knew about Yuri Nurokami. I didn't know that it was, like, the entire cast was included. That's... Oh, they're just throwing everything in there. That game is the most (laughs) ridiculous. Blaze Blue and... (laughs) And then Ruby's in it for some reason. And, yeah, of course, they've got and Undernight the, and Rebirth, and so they've got like all these all these characters in that. I mean, that's Arc, Arc, Arc System Works is coming to take Capcom's throne as the top uh, as the the top tier. Insert meme game about people. them beating up like you've got. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at their uh, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z uh, beta is. It's September sixteenth through eighteenth, and look at where the. Uh, Marvel Marvel versus Capcom Infinite release date is September nineteenth. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. clearly they're trying to. They're going the, for the jugular. It's a bit they, of a, the, a bit of the Overwatch well, Battleborn kind of thing. So I think this is even more so though, just because it's like they, like 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 it's it's a game like Fighters is a game that is very inspired by Marvel versus Capcom three, which is a lot of people's big dismay with uh, Infinite is that it, it it lacks a lot of what people liked about. Uh, Marvel, Marvel Two, and Marvel Three, um, and it, it, it very clearly looks like something where Disney's hand is being shown very hard. Where like there's no X Men because Fox owns the X Men TV rights or the film rights, and like, well, we can't have X Men. We only have to have MCU people. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. exactly. But, but anyways, back to Persona. 
I mean, so yeah, that's just something that we we can kind of look forward to this upcoming week. We'll have something to talk about in the next podcast. So there you go. Uh, other piece of news, uh, something we also posted about. James, of course, is more into this than I am. Um, so Monster Hunter World, Capcom had their uh, they they had their panel before um, where they showed off some gameplay, the weapon gameplay. We talked we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, and during that panel that they had at Comic Con, they also said that they would be releasing uh, weapon videos uh, very soon, is what they said. And so this past week, both the Sony Twitter account and Capcom's uh, Monster Hunter account released these little 30 second or 40 second clips of the different weapons of the 14 weapons that would be featured in this game showing a little bit about the new stuff that was what was revealed about the mechanics and the new skills that they were so james yeah it's we put together that video and you were talking about how they added some new uh mechanics as far as like you know when you would be airborne and like different things to chain the combos together that kind of thing yeah different weapons got different things added that well that makes sense but um, you see some really interesting changes, like the insect glaive. You already could like vault yourself in the air and use it like airborne that way. But now you also have these air dashes you can kind of use, and you're basically it's so just... funny looking. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like up and airborne for like forever. <laughs> and you can like bounce off the monsters, and it's like ooh, it's really interesting. Like I feel like Monster Hunter World. Now that we know what's happening, like with the weapon changes, mm-hmm. when Capcom was making Monster Hunter Cross or Monster Hunter Generations, if you will. They kind of just took a bunch of the ideas that they knew that they were going to have in Monster Hunter World and were like, hey, let's kind of give people a bit of a uh, preview of it when we make Monster Hunter Cross. Because I'm seeing a lot of um, that same design philosophy there, like with Adept style with that kind of dual dash thing you can do in World where you're kind of sliding and whatnot. You can chain tacks from that. And the more higher focus on aerial combat and just like being able to use the environment and kind of push off and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely looking a lot more interesting, at least to me, than the E3 trailer was. I feel like a lot of people are feeling the same way because the E3 trailer was not the It wasn't a very good trailer. Yeah, it wasn't the best introduction to Monster Hunter World it could have been because, I don't know, it just seems like the more information they put out, the better it seems, and that's always good. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what what, what actually will happen here. And so uh, hopefully they'll have a bigger unveiling, maybe at Gamescom, or obviously we'll have to probably wait all the way until TGS till we get something uh, big again. Playable at Gamescom, so we're yeah. going to get information there regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. So uh, we'll have something to look forward to that. Um but that's all, that's all we had, but we have a post on the site where we took all those clips, those tiny little clips, and just uh, put them all together. It's it's the Japanese version because their YouTube account had them up first, and so just keep that in mind. But on the YouTube video itself, I did list out the weapons so people can kind of make sure that they know which weapon's going to show up when. Um, but we'll have that. I already talked about the Famitsu uh, Top 20 RPGs of All Time article. Like I said, go definitely check that out because that's insane. Uh, how It's very insightful because it's not only just the games listed, but it also has comments of, from the developers themselves to so the top 10, except for Suikoden. Go figure. There's no comment from them, <laughs> from Konami about that stuff. Uh, probably because the creator is no longer working for them. Um, but uh, they they did go into deep about the stuff, and it's kind of fascinating to read about the reaction to those, those games themselves. Um, but in the last piece of news that we've got here, uh, Yakuza Studio announced that they're going to have uh, a big stream uh, on August 26th where they're going to announce some new projects here. And, and they also kind of tease a little bit saying it's something that everyone uh, would be excited to hear about. And so uh, clearly that kind of would imply that there's a Yakuza 7 to be announced there because it's become like pretty much an annual series at this point, um, mm-hmm. which isn't surprising. But... Uh, they might announce other stuff as well. And so that's kind of like one of the things I was thinking about. Maybe they could announce a remaster or a remake of Yakuza uh, 2, you know, maybe a, a 2 Kwame or something like that. And then you've got mm-hmm. 3 and 4. Maybe they'll bring them to the PS4 in some fashion. Um, is there anything in particular you would like to see, Kyle? I mean, I know you're kind of slightly new to the series, but is there something? Is that something you'd be interested in? Is there any other projects you'd like to see them make? Because they did have this other series. They had two games that were sort of like in the... Uh, the Meiji period, I think, or the Edo period of yeah, like this old yeah. throwback stuff. Yeah, I I would 
I don't know. Like I've, I've got two of Yakuza games to look forward to still, but <laughs> they so it's hard for me to think. So, I mean, I guess the big thing would be like yeah, maybe some updated version of two, because uh, obviously like it would be really hard to go back to the oh, original yeah. two after playing Kiwami especially, um, just because it seems like such a uh, gigantic it's an actual remake most of the time when people say remakes they just mean like a enhanced port <laughs> yeah is an actual remake um so that that i think something like that for two would be the coolest thing that's kind of what i'm hoping for as well and so i uh, that's like i mentioned it's going to be happening on august 26th and so it's great to see that they've really uh sort of broken through in the Western market. And then, of course, the Acquisition Zero, the strength of its localization was a big part of that. Um, people posting videos, and that really got people interested in that. I mean, 5 is an incredible experience. I had a great time with that game when I got to review it. That was my first real uh, approach to that series after beating 1. Like, I didn't really touch the series after that until 5. And so that was a great experience for me as well. And it had a really strong localization as well. But clearly, it seems like Zero... Uh, broke new ground for that for that entire series in the West, and so it seems like everyone's really uh, going to be looking forward to watching that, and we'll hopefully hear some more about that too. But yeah, I think that's it for the news. Uh, Wonder Festival is going on right now, so there's a lot of figures that are people announcing for my Good Smile company. So if people are into Nendoroids and things like that, uh, we'll have stuff on that on a Twitter account. But um, we should be we should have plenty of stuff to talk about next week with the Lisa of Trails of Cold Steel, which we do have. Uh, Brian is currently reviewing that version for us. So we'll have, hopefully we'll have him in to talk about that. Otherwise, we'll have a review up on the site. And then, yeah, once we, like we talked about before, we've got um, uh, uh, other uh, important news to share with the Persona uh, stream. So we'll see what happens with that. But for now, talk about where you guys can find us or listening. You can always find us on rpgsite.net. You can also find us on Twitter at RPG Site, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPG Site Net, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPG Site Net, and on Tetracast, just excuse me, on iTunes and other podcast apps. You can always subscribe to us by searching for Tetracast in our Discord channel. Uh, our permanent link is discord.me slash RPG Site. Seems like the activity is really brimming over there. Discord's adding new some new features where like we can get categories in there of channels, and so we might be adding more channels, but we'll talk about that later uh, on our own. And finally, we'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, so, Kyle, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at Levito on Twitter. That's at L-E-V-I-T-0. Thank you. And James, where they can where can they find you? At the Sweet T H E S W W E E T on Twitter. Right. And of course, I can be found at Zacharys. Keep it simple. So, yes, thank you, everyone, for listening to the latest edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, James. Uh, very appreciative about uh, you participating with this one. But as always, catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.